Looking to create wealth and income through high cash flowing real estate? Self-storage is the fastest growing and the newest real estate asset that has outperformed all others. What's its secret? I'm AJ Osborne, and with over a million square feet that we have built, acquired, expanded, and even converted big box stores from small third-tier markets to large 100-plus thousand square foot facilities, we have seen it all. This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self-Storage Income. Welcome, everybody, to Self-Storage Income, the podcast that we get to talk about all things self-storage. I know. Amazing. As always, I have Connor here with me. Connor, how's it going, man? It's going good, dude. How are you? Doing good. You know, um, we're in a crazy year, 2020. Um, We've got a lot going on. Never been busier. Um, And uh, we thought this would be a great time to kind of kick it back a little to the basics and uh, help everybody know and understand really you know what the out what the outlook for self-storage is by understanding where we're currently at and what that means and a lot of numbers that people may not be thinking of or may want to know about self-storage in the United States and what that means. Um, these are numbers that we look at every single year. These are important numbers, um, and they help us understand how the public is utilizing this asset and what that means for the future. Um, so yeah, it should be a good one. I mean, it's it's it has less to do with operations or turnaround or development or automation or a lot of things we like to talk about. Um, but it's really important. It is the starting of everything and it gives context to everything else that we're doing. Absolutely, man. I'm excited to jump into it, get some industry insights and uh, give people a rundown of, of what's out there, what the opportunities are. I mean, we're talking a massive industry. It's and, huge. Uh, tons a lot of, of people don't even realize that's the funny thing. Yeah. It, you know, it's become obviously more apparent now. You talk to people and they're like, yeah, those, they're building those things everywhere um, because of the development trend we're in. But it's interesting to look at um, those numbers in context to population and to what we're seeing. And in 2020 is a pivotal year for most industries and everyone in America, Um, but it is also in self-storage. So first of all, we we do got to cover our sponsor. So we'd like to thank our sponsor very, very much, uh, especially because we use them a lot. So <laughs> it's really important to uh, to thank them. They, uh, you know, Janice International, anybody that listens to our podcast knows we have our, our, our two sponsors. And Janice International, with their no-key product, um, really, we utilize them a lot, not just for the no-key pro- uh, product, but also the build-out. Um, when we're looking at things like conversions, um, understanding everything from how to build a facility, they have resources for all of that, um, which is extremely helpful, especially if you're starting out. So if you're doing an expansion, a build, a conversion, you're trying to understand 
the price per square foot. But a lot of the things that may be more volatile in pricing and steel prices change. And if you've owned land for a long time, you're looking at how much utilization you can get out of that land based upon design and build area. And it's, it's obviously you have your architects and builders, but we wrap everybody in on the team. We want the operations, the build, the um, construction of not just the units themselves, like what Noki does, but also our builder and how we um, work with them. And we've used Janus to really bypass um, even hiring a, a builder. We we were more like the general manager and we utilized them to help us build out the outlay and, and, and do it. And they're really, really good at that. So um, you can check them out. Also, too, we've, we're putting up, it should be tomorrow, so by the time this comes out, uh, on our website, there's actually a link. You can go down right on the front page. You go down there, it says podcasts, and right below, there's a link to our sponsors. Um, so you can check that out, look at them, and that's uh, will be for not just the Janus Metal Fabrication store local, but also Janus, the uh, no-key side. Um, that we use for self-storage automation. With that, let's get started. All right, so self-storage overview. When we're right now, if you took a snap of the self-storage industry, as of March 2020, the revenue, this is revenue, not value, of the industry is right about 40 billion. The number of facilities in the United States ranges from 45 to 60,000 facilities. Um, now, the reason it ranges is because this depends on what's classified as a storage facility. So, certain cities and different things will classify certain things that are, they classify it as storage, but it's not really storage. It's, uh, as we know it, to be a self-storage operation. It's either some side garage of an industrial park or something of the sort. And so they, you have to have a, a, a range or a buffer because of that. But it is, it's, it's you know, you're looking at 50, 55,000 storage facilities. The total rentable square feet in the United States, or the total rentable storage space, let's let's call it that, um, is 1.7 billion square feet. What does that mean? That's 5.4 square feet per person in the United States. So we like our storage, which is interesting because we are still under the 10% mark of homes that have storage facilities. So that's surprising. At least it, it was surprising to me because um, with that amount of storage, usually what that means is lots of people own multiple storage units or, once again, too, um, they're large. So that square footage um, you know, is expanded. Uh, a lot of the primary reasons for storage is movement, right? It's um, people that are displaced for homes, whatever the reason may be. 
but also business uses them. Um, we've talked a lot about the economics and storage. I think that was, what was that, two podcasts ago that we covered? The economic forces mm-hmm. that are creating storage. So I don't want to yeah. go into that too much because we, we, we've really, we really covered that. You can look back. I think it was two episodes ago if you want to know more about how, why, and what's affecting those revenues. Um, we did a, it did a really good good podcast on that. Um, so as first of all, the lay of the land, there's a lot of storage facilities here. And they are growing. Um, and this is one of the points that we look at extremely closely. Because this involves more really on the development and the development cycle. So what you need to know about that is really after the recession, demand skyrocketed. Um, and it's not it's not because of the recession. It's skyrocketed because nothing was being built. And people were displaced, so occupancies were high. And um, although there was a dip in values and everything, by 2010, we started to see the ability in 2011-12. It started, we started seeing really high occupancies, demand increasing, raising rates. Um, and by 2015, people were like, hey, I like this. This is, this is an awesome asset class. And in 2015, you started seeing a rapid rise in development. And if you look at the construction spend by month um, in 2013 and 14 and before that, really every single month, it never really got above 50 million. And after 2015, within really May, um, we hit above 50 million and not only did it never turn around by 2018, we were spending upwards of 400 million a month building storage. Jeez, that is massive. Yes. And so every year from 2014 on, it was a new record. Um, it, it was to the point where it was almost every single month from 2015 and within two years, the spend had not doubled. A month, it had quadrupled. And by 2018, we were hitting over four, we, from under 50 million in three, four years to over 400 million a month in spending on storage development. Um, that's a huge, obviously, increase. It's massive. It, it was unlike anything self storage had ever seen before. Um, it, not was it is uh, 2019 um, peaked at barely below 2018, and uh, where we saw a strong first month at 383 million um, for 2020. I have a feeling that that's going to drop, but you got to remember, and this is what a lot of people forget: markets don't react like you quite think that they should. So what I mean by that is development and allocating assets, that takes time. It is not a quick thing. So if you start in 2015, that money actually may not be hitting till 16 or 17. So if you're developing in 18 and 19, that storage isn't going to be open till 20 or 21. There's a lag 
to this money. There's a lag to this inventory. And that's what we look at. So I know in 2017, by 2017 and in 2018, um, I started to harp on demand. And um, it was probably a little much. I fully admit, but I said, listen, there's a lot of, there's a lot of places that are in trouble in the United States. Right. Yeah, exactly. And they were in trouble if things kept going as they were. I, as I put it, I was speaking at, 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 um, one of the storage associations. And as I put it, the numbers don't make sense. You're building at a rate that is higher than 30% utilization of people moving into the, to this area that I was talking about. And this area was booming. Um, and right now they're sitting at around 26 square feet per capita, which is crazy astronomical. Um, we look to buy, build, and uh, convert and develop at 10 square feet or below. Um, and so what happened then when COVID hit, um, as it always does, booms, bust, cycles, doesn't matter. People just don't learn. And, you know, for all you developers out there, I love you. This is not ragging on you, <laughs> but you're crack addicts. And so, you know, it, they just can't help themselves. Developers yeah. got to develop. It's what we do. We chase that dollar. So it's part of the game. Interest rates, low money. You see the spread at what they were selling because you're looking in hindsight. So in 2016, you're saying, whoa, there's no supply, high demand, prices are rising. These things are selling at 85 bucks a square foot and I can build at 50. That's a spread of millions, right? And so when you're looking at, and in first tier markets, obviously it's much higher than that. Um, but the spread between developing a unit and buying it had gotten huge. So there were people that were flipping, still are, there still are. They flip storage facilities, which that's crazy to me. It's like, you didn't learn with homes, like that, that's not a good thing. <laughs> like you, you, we don't need to gamble here. Um, but a lot of people made a lot of money. In it. And so it just kind of perpetuated. Um, then 2020, um, there's a lot of facilities in a lot of areas that are uh, struggling. And the wonderful thing about self-storage is it really isn't that complicated. If a market's overbuilt, just don't build on it. Like, it, it, you know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. so we have facilities that... Um, have not ever even felt one of the recessions. Not this one, not the last one. They've never even felt it. And that's because the market was a good, solid market that had consistent and high demand and was never overbuilt. Um, so that's where we're at on construction, construction spending. I think, though, we will all see a huge drop in 2020, 2021, because that space that has come on board at the peak, 18 and 19, that has just been blowing out, is now trying to fill up. And for us in storage, we have a busy season in spring. And COVID came in in spring and the United States shut down. So if you opened up last year, you just lost a whole entire year because you can't bring people in because you can't open your business. Um that stops a lot of people from wanting to develop because we have sitting inventory. So we've already seen drops in rates and different things in certain places. So that being said, is it a problem? Only if you're in an overbuilt market. Moving on. 
Um, we have a lot of story uh, uh, podcasts on that, and you can go back and look at our podcast that had to do with supply and demand. It is the most important issue, and so that's why I harp on it, and we'll always harp on it. Because if you build somewhere, if you don't know what you're doing and you're in a high demand area, you're going to be successful. If you are an expert at what you're doing and you're in an overbuilt market, you're still probably going to fail. So make sure that you just avoid that and you can be as dumb as a rock and you'll probably be successful, which is good news for me. So uh, (laughs) moving on to largest self-storage operators. Oh, the big boys. We're going to take a look at their revenue, not their value. Um, The revenue for the number one in the world is public storage. The orange doors. That's right, them. Um, the next one is extra space storage. They're at 1.3. And then from there, it's a major drop off. CubeSmart, 640. Life, 570 million. This is 570 million. National self storage affiliates, um, which uh, they're one of the newer ones, um, has uh, gone up to 387. Uh, million, which this isn't for this podcast, but now that I'm bringing it up, we need to do a podcast on the REITs. I'll do one and I'll walk through them all. We'll talk about them. Yeah, that'd be great. They're all very different. Um, And it's very interesting to understand. Obviously, all very successful. Um, And National Storage Affiliates Trust is one that is very different from the rest. That's why I bring it up. And then we have U-Haul, 367 million um, self-storage revenue only. That's important to note. Uh, so these publicly traded companies are worth tens of billions of dollars individually. They're big. They had got on a buying spree. Um, they have been a huge part of the consolidation of the market. And that's currently where they're at today. Um, it's They have benefited massively from the last 10 years and they have bought everything in sight. Um, and they become behemoths, and we've seen that consolidation take place, and we've had a drop in mom-and-pop-operated um, facilities. So largest storage operators in the U.S. by numbers is still public storage, which is 2,538. That's a lot of storage facilities. Wow. Uh, a couple of them. space <laughs> storage is 1,817, and then U-Haul is number three. That's interesting. They're 1,631. So remember, U-Hauls, I'm kind of going through these numbers. And I know this is really number-based. I'm kind of giving you guys a lot of data and facts. I think it's important and it's interesting. And we're going to I'm going to dive in more, but I want to talk about this. Um, so U-Haul, as far as the operators and, and done by annual revenue, okay, these uh, 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 that operator is number six. But as far as number of storage facilities, that's 1,631. Uh, uh, that's number three. So you can go down the list. It's CubeSmart after that, Life Storage, then National Storage Affiliate Trust at 742. Um, before we go further in this, I get my uh, store uh, square foot puts out – or spare foot, excuse me, not square. Spare foot puts out some great information, sparefoot.com. They go, they keep updated. It's I like how they present it. It's really well done. Sparefoot, good job, you guys. You did a good job on this. I always kind of look for it. We'll put that link in the show notes so you can get it. And you can kind of look back and there's some things you can you can um, go. They have some great articles. Um, so the amount of rentable uh, self-storage space in the United States 
Um, this is indicative of obviously different cycles, population growth, demographics, all kinds of things. The um, When you're looking at the average storage unit cost, so our average cost per square foot is almost at a dollar in the United States. We're getting close. It's 92 cents per square foot. Um, so that means the average cost is around 87 bucks a month. And this is something that you don't ever get caught up on broad national base because it just varies by location so much. But it is interesting to note and see that growth. Um, now, year over year changes. Now that we have a lay of the land, I want to talk about this. This data is interesting for year over year changes. And after everything that I presented, everything that we've talked about, that it'll make sense. I'm going to talk about some unit sizes. And once again, Sparefoot does a great job in the breakdown. You can go see it. Um, five by fives um, are down almost 4% year over year. Um, 10 by tens are down almost 3%. And five by tens are down 3%. And then the larger ones are a little less. 10 by thirties are down less. They're at the 1.1. They're, they are held the best. Um, but overall, we're right about 3% down year over year. Um, the bad news is that was in, um, what, what month was this? So a few months ago. So that, that, that was a few months ago when this happened. So um, I'm sure that those are a little lower right now. Now, when you look at it, when I look across my portfolio, um, my vacancy is right about two points below where we were year over year. Um, once again, that has to do with the lack and inability for us to move people in. We had to, our businesses had to, to stop um, advertising, everything else, all those expenses you just stopped because we couldn't take on people. So we benefit from churn, churn and storage. You got to remember that. Um, if I can't move people in month to month, if I can't be marketing, if I can't be playing with those levers, yeah, it, it, we're going to feel an effect. Now, with that said, two points and the highest unemployment and the <laughs> greatest contraction of GDP the United yeah. States ever seen. I, I'm not – it's not that I'm complaining. Not too shabby. Um, not too shabby because that's the beauty of self-storage. With that said, that will change come fall and winter. A uh, lot of the locations, the vast majority, have a seasonal effect. People get into school. They stop buying start moving. I expect there to be a greater loss in occupancy because we have it every single year. So every single year, my occupancy will vary. It's seasonal. It moves. It's fluid, right? Our bottom out is right around February. So we usually hit rock bottom in occupancy in February, and then we tick back up. So I think that that will probably remain fairly consistent and I will probably be two points, maybe three points lower throughout the whole year. And then next year, as long as the tyrannical governments don't hold us all at bay, sorry, the world no. gets back to <laughs> normalcy, right, gets to normalcy <laughs> um, it, we will actually be much higher than that. Uh, another thing that's uh, hit us is just um, our, our, our ability to rise rates. With that said, we have, we're, we're rising rates now. We're, we're playing catch-up um, on specific locations and depending. So the 
We also, just a side note on that, we covered that in one of the most recent podcasts as well, like how we're going about. Um, that was actually the most recent episode that just went out, COVID-19 and how it's affecting self-storage. Uh, we kind of talk about the strategy uh, that we've implemented moving forward to raise those rents um, in an effective way. Because um, just like AJ mentioned, there's a lot of catch up going on here. Um, but there's also factors that we do have to consider where, you know, doing a mass increase across the whole facility is not really something that we do. You know, it's, it's very staggered. It's dynamic. It's not, uh, and, and those unknown factors to doing that isn't something that I don't think we really want to play with a whole lot. So. Yeah. No, <laughs> it, it, it is. And, and it, it messed up everything, right? You have yeah. a, a system and everything going on. And for us, when I say messed up, I don't mean like it stopped, pause business. We can have business. We open doors and people come back in and they're buying stuff. Um, I mean, we have timeframes set and we have to obey and follow laws and which can be recorded, how we can move people out, all that kind of stuff. So it created a pile up COVID-19 to the tune of hundreds of rate increases, move outs that need to be done, everything else like that, just at one facility. Um, so when we look at self-storage in general in the United States, once again, this is a huge industry. Um, it's, I mean, it's a beast and uh, the industry is changing rapidly. Um, but it is one that is, I, 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 healthy overall. It's a, I'm a hundred percent confident in the industry. We're, we're going at full speed. We started an entire another company, Cedar Creek Wealth, just to syndicate and buy more assets. Um, we see this 9.4% of Americans that use self-storage and it's amazing how some, how consistent some of these things are. We just don't see a big change in that. Um, I like that. That's comforting, right? It's not like I'm like, oh, are we going to have 6% or is it going to be 12%? You know, a lot of industries go through waves, they go through cycles and they go through, well, at different points of time, this many people are traveling and utilizing hotels, but then at other points, not yet. We, th- there is a simplicity and consistency about storage. Um, this has been one of the fundamental parts of our strategy, right? Because I'm all about compounding. And the self-storage industry allows me to do that. Now, it allows me to do that as long as I don't make mistakes and I try not to get deal hungry and I try not to overreach and I try not to compromise the rules and investing strategy that we've set up. And as long as we can do that, we usually stay out of trouble. Um, it, it well, not usually, we haven't had anything go bad so far. So it, it, it's, you know... I, I don't want people to overcomplicate self-storage. And I say this a lot because, um, you know, we're very fortunate. We get to talk to a lot of our listeners. Um, uh, the support you guys have given us, everything from the book and the website, this podcast, it's been awesome. And um, when we when I hear people, lots of times we're, we're discussing, people are trying to force deals. They're trying to make it work. They're redoing spreadsheets. They're redoing numbers. And the moment I start doing that, I'm always like, well, hold on here. Am I stretching? Right? If I have to make the deal work on a spreadsheet, that means it's not going to work in real life because that's mm-hmm. not how it works. So most of the time, I'm looking for blatantly obvious things. 
It just needs to be, yeah, this is going to work, right? I don't need to. We had a facility that we looked at and um, our um, we sat down and we all went through it. And we just, there was so much opportunity. It was a great location, great, on and on and on. But we just couldn't grasp how good it was or how bad it was. And we just couldn't get comfortable with it. And we just said, listen, we got to pass on this because it doesn't jump out. And when I look at things like conversions and development, especially, my upside has to be massive or it'll never be worth me doing it, right? I can sit on the sidelines and wait for deals. And uh, right now um, in the United States, we did spread out where we're looking, but we, we have more under contract at one time right now than we ever had. Um, so we're still moving forward. And the self-storage industry, as these changes have gone through, and a lot of people may feel like, oh, did I miss the party? No, actually, these changes benefit you because the as the industry changes, a lot of these old assets and these mom and pops and these people that own them they're not changing with it. They're like, that's not the business I got into. Or it's not what I want. Um, and that creates opportunity that probably wouldn't have existed before. And it creates upside to you today that didn't really exist maybe in the early 2000s and late 90s where it was like, you just hope that the market appreciates and you make money that way. I don't like that. Right? I want my appreciation forced. I want to know what it is when I buy. Um, and then I want to take my chips off the table. And so I'm conservative that way. Um, you know, I, But I also build, I convert everything like that. So I guess that's kind of speculation. Um, but it needs to, those things just have to be so blatant for me that it's going to work out um, that we're going to do it. And I see a lot of people towards the end of this last cycle that I think um, forgot about that. And they thought, build it and they will come. And what they focused on was hot markets. So you had this expectation that the party is going to go on forever. And so <laughs> they're jumping into these markets that are really hot and they're booming. Yeah. And you're like, well, you and everybody else. So um, you know, just don't don't play those games. But as of right now, you know, we got this huge industry that's only growing. People are more aware of it thanks to storage wars and everything else than they've ever been. This all benefits you. We have third-party people getting into the game to try to make your business run better and compete better that were never coming into this industry before. I mean, it's just crazy, the innovation and what's going on. And um, that is awesome. And that allows you to take full advantage of those tools that just haven't been around. It's one of the reasons that, you know, we're a part of Store Local. One of the reasons that um, we're the, uh, one of the largest investors in Ten Inc. with uh, Lance. His podcast was a while ago. I'm going to have him on next week. And so Lance, if you're listening to this, you're on next week. Um, so, uh, <laughs> just so you know. Just so you know. Uh, so I'm going to have him come on next week. He'll be on a probably two more times in the next five months um, to talk about technology things. He's got some cool stuff you guys are you're gonna like. Um, but you you have a lot of people in this industry doing things that nobody was doing before. 
all to benefit the individual operator and the guy coming in, you. Um, I sit on the uh, uh, committee for a new brand we're rolling out. I'm not going to get into that quite yet. But uh, there's so much coming out to help you succeed in this industry. And that is awesome. So self-storage, like any industry, yes, it gets overbuilt. It's very, though, market-specific, right? So you have markets that could be completely overbuilt. The storage facilities could be suffering. And then you drive 20 minutes, and they're at full capacity and raising rates. It's just, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah. It's, um, but- well, even that price discrepancy that we were showing. So last week we had one of your buddies came in from out of town um, that we had on the uh, – he was on the Cash Flow of Freedom podcast. Cash Flow of Freedom podcast, Jan. yeah. Um, good episode. Go check it out. Cool guy. Um, really crazy story. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> Insane. Uh, but anyway, he had stopped into the office. We kind of showed him around um, and we were showing him a project um, that we're looking at currently. And um, we we kind of went over the basics and AJ kind of shared with him the the discrepancy in the cost to build, what that transition is going to look like in this certain area, as opposed to what it is literally, just like you're saying, AJ, five miles down the road, and the discrepancy and the difference in in rates that you can charge on top of that, and what the, what that massive spread is just down the street from another facility that we have, and and our ability to charge a completely different, Price. over a hundred percent difference. <laughs> It, yeah, in a rate, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It crazy. is crazy. Super hyper focused, and that's awesome. Yeah, because that super means rad. there there's a lot of opportunity, and it's not overarching. It's not you know what I mean. It's not like oh, the self storage industry is overheated. You shouldn't invest in it. That's not how this works, right? That's not how it is. It's it's, it's not like these are stocks, and you go, oh, uh, you know, tech's overvalued, and these multiples are crazy. Um, that's just not how it works. So there's always opportunity, whether you have bad markets, good markets, that will never end in self-storage because of how it functions. Um, and that's great news for you guys. So with that, guys, go check out um, our website, selfstorageincome.com. Um, you guys leave us a great review on this podcast and a great review. If you guys bought my book and leave me a great review on Amazon, Go to the go to the site, check it out. We'd love to um, uh, sign up and, and have a call. Um, I've really really enjoyed those. Those have been great. Thank you for all your support, everybody. We appreciate it. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye.